Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Lots of people want to be on our humble podcast, and I do my best to engage with guests who I think will provide you some encouragement and inspiration. I get emails, texts, and calls suggesting different guests, but my friend T texted and insisted she had a guest for the podcast, and oh, was she right. Today, we've got part one of our conversation with Reagan Pittman, a three-time All-American volleyball player at the University of Minnesota. Hey T, the check's in the mail. Reagan Pittman was one of the nation's top prep volleyball players, starring at St. Thomas Aquinas and her club team, Casey Power, in Kansas. She had many college options, but decided to continue her brilliant playing career at the University of Minnesota, where she was a three-time All-American. But underneath all that success, particularly in her younger years, are lots of dark and painful experiences. In part one, Reagan will share a funny and surprising memory, but also a painful memory because of the shameful actions and comments of one coach. I'm grateful for her candor, and I know that you'll be grateful too, and you'll marvel at how Reagan has turned so many negatives into positives. Let's get to it. Well, I am so excited to have Reagan Pittman join me as a guest on Winning Is Not Everything. Reagan, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, anytime. I am so excited to be here. So Reagan, we met through my friend T. Wigan, who's just been a longtime family friend. She's got three wonderful children. Uh, I hang out with her husband, Damon. Uh, how do you know T? Well, I have a 47-year-old best friend. <laughs> That's a long story. And her daughter plays on her club team, and I got introduced to her that way. So I have been doing lessons for T, and she has just opened so many doors for me. She is the most powerful woman I've ever met. She's beautiful. She is just a wonderful person with a huge heart. I totally agree. So let's get started, Reagan. My first question is, what's your favorite childhood sports-related memory? My favorite childhood sports memory was when I was sitting in the car with my mom after my first volleyball practice. And she goes, Reagan, did you enjoy it? And I said, no, mom, I hated it. There wasn't enough blood. I just have always been told that story. And it just kind of reminds me that when you're young, you might not see things as when you get older. And I totally changed my mind of when I got older that now I love volleyball and it's my whole life. So what do you mean there wasn't enough blood? You thought there would be bleeding in volleyball? <laughs> I was known as the nosebreaker in basketball. Like my freshman year of high school, I would go in and break noses. And if I was wearing a white jersey, I'd always bring an extra. I was an aggressive child. <laughs> I had some anger to get out. So, Reagan, how old were you when you first went to volleyball then? That's a little bit of a vague area, but I think about sixth grade, but I didn't like it. So I didn't go back to it until eighth grade, but I started with those huge balloon balls. So whatever wow. age group that is, that's when I started. <laughs> and Reagan, growing up, what other sports were you into and what other sports did you try? Uh, wrestling, flag football, basketball, track and field. I played soccer for when I was a kid and, you know, soccer, uh, softball, all those sports. I think that's all my weird ones. Yeah. Wrestling is my weird quirky sport that I played for a little bit. Tell me about, tell me a wrestling story. 
<laughs> so. By the way, people, she's laughing. Yes, I am laughing. That's my wheeze. <laughs> so my babysitter, Austin Ham. He was a big wrestler in high school, and then my brother was a wrestler. So Austin Ham's dad was my wrestling coach. When I would wrestle, I put my hair up in um, a cap, and no one knew I was a girl. So I was wrestling this dude, and it was my first pin, and I was in sixth or seventh grade. And I stood up, and I put my arms up like this, and Austin Ham's dad, my coach, books it across four wrestling mats and picks me up off his shoulders. And then I go to take my headgear and my cap off and my long blonde hair comes down and the kid goes, Dad, I just lost to a girl. And I just thought it was such an awesome moment of, yeah, you did. So I don't remember that, but I've always been told that story. It's always been a classic of my wrestling. It was a very short lived career, though. Reagan, you're not remembering a lot of hilarious stories. So uh <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you've got parents and, and friends who remind you, though. That's great. <laughs> they definitely remind me. My favorite time with my Mimi is, Mimi, will you tell me a story about when my dad was a kid or when I was a kid? And she just goes on and she loves it. And I hear the same story 20 times over, but it gets better every time. Well, I'm so glad we get to hear this story. So thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I got plenty more in the back pocket. We can break them out anytime. Reagan, which coach encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? Oh, I have so many good ones. It's so hard to pick because I've I've always been blessed to have great coaches. What I would probably say, there was one coach for basketball who wasn't the best coach my freshman year, and he really put me off basketball. And I would say he inspired me the most in my personal career of never to be that coach. That really taught me to make sure that I had a safe space within myself and didn't depend on people to give me a safe space. Obviously, we don't want to get into the identity of who that coach was, because frankly, that's not you know necessarily relevant. But what was that coach's style and, and why was it so difficult for you? And, and why did you learn so much from him? Yeah. So he was very old school and he didn't have a lot of forgiveness and grace. So I was at a funeral for my great grandma and I missed a game and I went back in the gym and I had a fever and I asked him, I said, Hey, I have a fever. Do you still want me to come to practice? Do you want me to stay at home? And he wanted me to come to practice. And I was a freshman. So obviously I wasn't feel well. I just lost my great grandma. And in the middle of practice, I messed up a play. I also, because I missed class, I had a detention. And he told me that I was not only a failure on the court because I missed a play, but I also was a failure in the classroom and a failure in life. And he told me to get out of the gym. And oh my goodness. Yeah, it was, I looked back at that moment and I was very grateful that he did that because that taught me that, you know, we don't have any idea what these kids are going through for coaches. So if a kid misses a practice it's not because they want to because most kids that's their safe space to come and play so make it make it that safe space for them so when they come back they're like coach i'm so sorry i missed out i missed out on all this great stuff and then you peel that layer of onion and find out why they're gone and just figure a whole bunch of stuff out that can help you coach them and make them a better human because you know sports yeah. aren't to win sports are for yeah. fun and to grow yeah. soft skills for the youth. 
Oh, that's heartbreaking that you had to go through that. How did you work your way through that? Was there somebody who helped you to see just how wrong he was? Because I'm sure when that happened, especially when he kicked you out, that is a very embarrassing type thing in front of your teammates. I don't really think I ever worked my way through it, but I will remember the story forever. So I went to a Catholic high school and we had a day my junior year of where they gave us a rock that was called a forgiveness rock. And so I went up to him and I told that story and I gave him the rock. I said, I forgive you for this incident and this is why. And I, what I've heard is that he's gotten a little better. And I don't know if that's something to do with me or if it's something that inspired him to be a better coach. But I really hope that if he's listening to this, he <laughs> learns from it and understands that his impact negatively can really impact people later in life, negatively and positively. And thank goodness you were able to take that negative and turn it into a huge positive. Yeah, that's kind of my expertise is turning any experience into something positive and always looking on the bright side because life's wow. too short, man. Reagan, how did you kind of get that quality? Was that something, you know, from your family that just was kind of ingrained or modeled for you, that resiliency and that that positivity? So I would say my dad is very type A and my mom is very type B. They're very different personalities, but they're such caring people. And I would say that I got that quality from them. And I also got it from my Mimi. She is one of the sweetest people I've ever met. Like during the pandemic, I had a boyfriend at the time and came over to his house and she reached over him, gave him a big kiss and said, welcome to the family, blah, blah, blah. And just so welcoming to everyone. And no matter who it is, your family. And she treats you like that and feeds you with the full belly and sends you on your way. So I think I really got that quality of just being positive, accepting people for who they are from my grandma. Reagan, what was the most valuable lesson you learned through a challenge or defeat? Probably the most valuable lesson was I was terribly bullied in middle school and high school. And it was to not let others define me or change who I am, but to be always who I am and know that when I get older, that I'm going to find a space where I fit and a space where people love me and enjoy my personality and all the quirks and fun stuff I have to offer. Reagan, I know it's hard sometimes to think about those rough moments from our childhood, but is there an instance of when you were bullied that really sticks in your mind that that's hard for you to not forget, but at the same time that that's been something that you've been proud to be able to work past? I do remember one moment and I was in eighth grade and I just opened up my Facebook account. And one of the kids messaged me. That really hurt me because people saying it to your face is totally different than looking at the actual words and letting it sit in and being able to reminisce on that. That's the one moment I will never forget where I was like, okay, yep, I'm getting bullied. People suck. This sucks. In high school, there's so many moments I can remember, but that's a little fresh and I don't want to put the people who did it on blast because they don't deserve that.
how does that bullying take a toll on you and how did you work your way through that? Because we see so many instances, Reagan, of young people who are bullied and then they do extreme things, you know, to harm themselves or to retaliate. And it's such a big problem in our country. Yeah, I would say a big thing is We'll, we'll get deep here. I'll dive deep into the layers. So I definitely was suicidal for a little bit in high school. And it's scary to think about. I never attempted, but I've all, I've always thought about it in my back of my head for probably two or three years. And I think growing up through that made me realize how important life was. And sometimes people bully you for a reason because they don't know how to manage stuff at home. And the way that I dealt with that now was I always played with a chip on my shoulder. Uh-huh. I was actually just telling one of, at, talking to one of my players I coach. I'm like, all right, what's your chip? Who, uh-huh. What's this ball's name? What's your chip? Hit the crap out of it. Go get it, right? Like just trying to let some of that anger and frustration and anxiety around people's names out in a healthy uh-huh. way and just hitting the absolute crap out of the ball and playing with that chip on your shoulder. I had a coach, Dave, he, Dave Johnson, if you listen to this, I love you, man. He was my um, club coach for Casey Power. And he always goes, you know, Pittman was good because she played with a chip on her shoulder. She showed up angry and ready to hit the crap out of some balls. <laughs> and you got to imagine, like, I'm going to paint Dave in your head. Skinny bird dad, calf legs, upper body, shaped like a Dorito, huge upper arms, huge back, huge black beard. Goes down to his chest, bald head. He's got four kids and he's the stay at home dad. So you can just imagine big personality, crazy man running everywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. What a great description. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast, subscribe, and share. And don't forget, you can contact me through my website, seankjensen.com. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you next time.